And I remember the night before we, <laughs> we went training. I think it was Hartlepool were training on some plastic with us. Asa Hartford, there's a memory. But we went back to the to after the training in the afternoon. We've gone back, we've had our meal. Um and Clem's going, oh, just relax, boys, nothing silly. I'm I'm off to bed. All right, fair enough. <laughs> you've got Barney, you've got Mitch, you've got nothing, <laughs> nothing silly. There's the bar. <laughs> so we'll have a couple of beers because we're not playing till the evening the next day, that'll be fine. And we're having a few beers. About half past half past nine, quarter to ten. Woodsy has walked in. Captain, Captain Woods has walked in. And he's <laughs> he's gone. No more. We've got to go to bed. It's time. It's a curfew. You can't be drinking. Pack it up. We've got a big game tomorrow. He said, it's a, a chance of us to get to Wembley. And Mitch turned around. I think it was Mitch turned around and went, yeah, it was more chance of us getting, of you getting to the bar to get a drowned in and us getting to Wembley. And Come on, another one. And he just ordered another round. And Woodsy just <laughs> off for the off. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's podcast, I speak to Paul Frame and Steve Baines, two members of our successful reserve side of the late 80s and early 90s. We discuss what made the reserves and the pathway at Windsor at that time so professional and different to other clubs. We remember the Suburban League Cup final win against Wembley and why did Sean Gilman sing the Flower of Scotland at the top of his voice in the dressing room ahead of a semi-final tie? I hope you enjoy the episode. Gents, it's great to have you both on. Welcome. Good to see you, Michael. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, indeed. Good to speak to you, Michael. How are you both? All good? Yeah, I think so. Just, you know, rolling on. Another year older, another year wider. <laughs> yeah, similar. Very, yeah, all good. My end, Michael. Thank you. So, listen. So, both of you guys were integral members of Windsor and Eaton's um, extremely successful reserve side of the late eighties and early nineties. So, I just thought it'd be brilliant to have both of you on the show, really, so supporters could learn, I guess, and understand a little bit about reserve team football and and what life was was like there. But I guess a good place to, to start is actually your journeys to Stag Meadow. So, like, how did both of you arrive at at Windsor, maybe Steve, you want to you want to go first? You know, I think we. I think I was there a year before you, Framey. Actually, I think you came there. That's right. After yeah. I came, I'd, I've been at, uh, as a, a youngster. I was well, Slough for a couple of years uh, in the reserves uh, when I was sort of seventeen, eighteen, um, and then I ended up going to Maidenhead for the reserves on recommendation and had a good season, really good season. And Clemo spotted me, and I was part of his new revolution um well he told me i was going to be part of his new revolution <laughs> so i came in, in eight, i came in that would have been 87 88 i think um so yeah no john yeah i had the whole john 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 had spotted me playing for me i got in the first team and he'd had me down and shown me around and you know done done the deal not not contract obviously but done the deal and and off we go from there. That was the beginning for me. That that 86, 80, uh, sorry, 87, 88 season. I think you were the year after, weren't you, Framie? Yeah, yeah. So I came down. I was I was sixteen when I I joined. I'd wow. spent I'd spent three years. I'd been a uh, schoolboy at Southampton, and I'd been hoping to get an apprenticeship. And uh, just before my sixteenth birthday, they let me know I wasn't wasn't going to get one. So I left, and and I sort of spoke to a few lower league clubs, and. Um, 
and I didn't really know what to do. I, if I'm honest, I didn't know local football at all. I had a couple of friends who played for the youth team, the under 18 side at Slough. I had a couple of training sessions with them. Um, and then one day I got a knock on the door and it was a guy called Mick Rocher who was managing the, the youth team at Windsor. I didn't know him from Adam. Um, and he knocked on my door on a Saturday morning and said, can I come in? And wouldn't leave. And like literally sat with me and my dad for about three hours. And in the end, the only way we could get him to leave was I agreed that I'd come training. So, um, <laughs> so I went down and it was, it was beginning, it was beginning as pre-season. I remember going down and meeting um, Clemmo. And obviously, you know, Slough, I was sort of like, not, I had no particular view about going there. It like, seemed okay under 18 football. But yeah, as Steve said, with Clemo, you know, he could he could sell anything to anybody. So suddenly he was telling me that I was going to be, you know, part of his plans and whatever. He'd never seen me play. didn't have a clue who I was. Um, but, you know, the good thing was it sort of, I started playing for the for the youth team and, and um, I think I played a couple of friendlies for them. And then before I knew it, I think I played the first game of the season for the reserves. Heidi, Mark Hyde was the first year I was there, was, yeah. the, was the reserve team keeper. Um, but he, because of work commitments, I think he ran his own business and other bits and pieces. He he missed a fair few games. So first game of the season, I played against uh, Slough Reserves. I remember uh, when we, me and Steve were talking about this, we remember losing 3-2 and Rob Matthews scored a couple of goals for Slough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so can, I, uh, can I just say, me sorry, you got the two goals for Windsor? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think a couple of little tap-ins, weren't they? Oh, no, it was you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent goals. And what was different about kind of the setup at Windsor? Because kind of outside looking in, it felt that kind of, like you go to a lot of clubs and there's first team reserves, youth team, are all very siloed. Yes. But yeah. at that time at Windsor, it felt like it was kind of a one-club mentality and the reserves is more of a development team rather than I guess your traditional reserves yeah I think that and, and Steve you probably have a view on this before I came but certainly for me joining that first season that I was there I spent most of my time sitting on playing for the under 18s um, and then sitting on the bench and, and myself and Christian Bartlett went all around the, the south of England sitting on the bench of the reserves for the first season and we were quite grateful I think that was a bit of a mentality change with maybe kids nowadays we were just mm. grateful to be part of that senior football circle and there was a lot of good players playing reserve team football so you know you look at that team when we went steve was playing we had the likes of tufty playing steve norman you had uh della simon della hunty playing wayne um wayne clift and then you had obviously had derek sweetman and, and robo who were, who were the managers as well so you had some real experienced good players in there but i think to answer your question Michael, I think it was properly run as a, it wasn't a club within a club, which a lot mm. of reserve teams are. Yeah. And I think you also find with a lot of reserve teams that I found later was they can be quite toxic. There's a bit of bitterness in there about players who aren't getting in the first team or feeling that they're hard done by. I never really felt that. Obviously, you get some players who are out of favour, maybe, you know, got a beef with the manager, but it was it never percolated into the dressing room. And I think that Derek Robbo, later Mark Drelan and Alf ran it in a really good way, like a proper reserve side. And you always had that movement between the two teams from youth, as you say, and first team. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Paul. And and you touching on Clemo being out of South Sand to, you know, go, I should say Colston. <laughs> I'm not probably going to say that. But anyway, but I think the reason why people hung around 
you know, bear in mind the dream we'd been sold. The reason they hung around was because of that structure. And there was also, and it probably Alf, the, 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 uh, probably Sweets himself, there was a, a, a demand, an expectation that it didn't matter what, whether it's first team shirt, reserves team shirt, or a youth team shirt, you're here to work, you're here to put a shift in. Yeah. And you're a, it was almost like a professional mindset in, in that respect yeah. about what was expected of you within the teams because you, you're right, Paul, I went there as, you know, if I was going to be a first team player, no chance of that. that. That didn't happen for one reason or another. But I was I was still encouraged to 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 play as well as I can to get back in. It was never off the off the. It wasn't like oh you're just a reserve team player. There was a clear pathway from youth through to first team that if you were good enough you could you could grab it. Yeah, I just spent a lot of time watching. From the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Michael, you've got to find out how many subs appearances I made. It's got to be over thirty. It's got to be over thirty. I will find that out for you. I will find that out for you. But yeah, to, to, to your point, sports point, it was. It was structured that there was a clear pathway and expectation across all areas of the football club leading into the first team. It was it was very professional in that sense. Yeah, it was. And I remember there's a story that you told me, Steve, about like when Rowan dropped down to a reserve team game and you had a bit of a fallout at half time because you felt he probably wasn't given what he should have been given, which I guess really showed everything you're saying here about the professionalism and everything else, that actually if someone does come down from that first team, you know, they would they would get called out if they weren't they yeah. weren't given their all. Yeah, definitely. Um and it was most unlike Rowan, because he really Rowan was hmm. a great guy. Really good to see him at the book launch as well. Um but he was normally yeah, he, he was bang on it wherever he was playing he was a great great forward great player and really nice human being but on this particular occasion he'd obviously either been dropped or whatever and he just wasn't pulling his weight in the first half so I told him at half time and he didn't agree were you there Framey? I was yeah, I remember it yeah. kicking off and in the dressing room yeah. yeah before you knew it we were we were things were being thrown people were being thrown around punches were being thrown which wasn't the brightest thing to do because Rowan ain't a small lad but no. I was so incensed that he wasn't and, and it's a really valuable point valid point that you made Paul it was also our responsibility to the youth team players coming on we've got to set a precedent for them yeah so don't come in here as Billy you know what and pretend you can't run because I know you can and the funniest thing about all of it was at one point we've thrown a few punches at each other he's responded and I've, I've thrown the first and he's thrown a couple that I managed to avoid thankfully and the next thing I know, you've got sweets in the middle of us. You've got Rowan Dodds at six foot two, me at 5'11. <laughs> and the community of Derek Sweetman, I'm just standing in the middle of the keeper's bar. While everybody, it was, yeah. And in fairness to Rowan, he did, he stepped up, had a great second half. But yeah, it was, it, it was important. Yeah. It was really important. I, I think the thing about that was Derek and Robbo were always very clear with players coming into the side from the first team that they had to set an example. They always said that to him in the changing room beforehand, and it was it didn't really need to be said to generally to the players that we had, but the, but the expectation was clear. And it's only when you when I left Windsor did I realise how different it was at other clubs. So I went to Maidenhead, and we'll cover that um, later on, I'm sure. But we, I went to Maidenhead and played in the reserves there, and we had a centre half, or I won't name from the first team that came dropped down, played in a reserve game, and he decided to come out for a little stroll. And I gave him an absolute rocket and he turned around and said, don't you speak to me like that. I'm a life. I'm a first team player. At which point I just absolutely hammered him. And we almost came to blows in the dressing room afterwards. And I was like 19, 20, I was still quite young, but, but that was all came from the expectation that was set that I learned from Windsor. Cause you know, those early years are very 
like you know set your your habits um mm. and they were the right habits it was just uh you you don't i don't think we, i realized until i left how professionally run it was as a club and yeah, i think yeah. well just just to add to that my all i would say is don't forget how big a club it was you know, I think sometimes, you know, we talk about the Slows and you talk about Maidenheads now and, and so on and so forth. Windsor always seemed to be the poor little cousin. But at that time, it was a massive club and close to going into the conference, what you would be now in today's money. Um, and, and you know, runs in trophies, runs in FA Cups and, you know, a proper top, top, top non-league club. Um, so I think it was really important that ran through the whole football club. As, as just as a mantra to, to make sure that it could be sustained because there was no money it wasn't it wasn't backed by by you know people with lots of money yeah 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 and how much like did you guys learn from those from the players I guess that were in the first team so like again Steve from your perspective I was really conscious that obviously when you were playing you know you were up against the likes of Dave Regis Rowan Dodds who we just mentioned Michael Banton Richard Evans Mm. Even though it's hard to, I guess, displace those, but you must have been able to learn so much from yeah. that. Similarly for you, Framey, with, with Mitch. Yeah, I think we were both very lucky. Well, unlucky and lucky. You know, unlucky that you had some fantastic players in front of you that were that, that were going to be difficult to display. I mean, Dave Regis, geez, man alive. I mean, I've honestly, what what a what a what an athlete, period. So to learn a lot about his uh, when, he, when it wasn't Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday, he was still having a training programme. He was convinced he was going to be a professional football. And I think that that mentality was that real drive that they that him and Dave Barnett and people like that had, mm-hmm. where they just, you know, Dave wouldn't play Premier League football effectively, you know, for Notts County. So I think learning their focus, their mindset, I think if I, for me personally, when I look, when I look back on my career in inverted commas the thing that held me back was absolutely um men- mental confidence mental focus it wasn't about ability it was about mental fo- mental confidence mental mm-hmm. focus and you watch these other guys and you learn so much from them about their ability to be absolutely on it all the time i think it might be robo he, he said i said something to him oh bloody hell robo aren't school goals with my eyes shut and he said yeah it's only when you got them open you got a problem son and I think but it was a really valid point, you know, because it's quite instinctive. But so when you're watching band, we see Cape Town coming from nowhere, see Gilly coming from nowhere, and you learn from these people, and Regis was just a different level, and, and Rowan to, to a lesser or greater degree. So you, it was preparation, abject confidence, and, and um, just uh, there was no way they were going to be knocked down. So they went down and got straight back up bigger. Extraordinary. Well, I think it's probably fair for me. What about you and Mitch? Yeah, I, I guess it's funny with me and Mitch. So, so the first thing I'd say is, you know, my, when I first came, my Heidi was the immediate, you know, person, goalkeeper, because he was playing. So he became my competition, if you like. And Heidi was like, you know, good keeper, Heidi. And he's lots lot, lot of experience, early 30s. Um, and he was good for me, Heidi, because he was a hot, really hard trainer. So when mm. he and I'd come from a background where I'd been training a lot in through schoolboy football with like three times a week at Southampton. So doing that with him was was good, but I absolutely focused on him as competition. So you know, by the the, the following season, he went, he left and went to Bracknell, and then I obviously replaced him. The relationship with with Kevin was obviously a bit different. So 
he just took me under his wing and there was a little bit of a connection because we were both from Langley, although I was, I was actually born in Windsor. I, I grew up in Langley and um, he, uh, his mum knew my mum. So my mum used to do his mum's hair. So I didn't know Kevin, but my mum used to talk about him. And then, and then my dad had taken me to watch the Arsenal games, like you know, back in yeah. in the day when, I, and we'd watch those. And and I used to follow him, you know, just through a, that association. So when I came down, he sort of knew. I think his mum had said to him, "Well, this young young lad's coming down." He just took me under his wing. And I think, you know, it probably wasn't just that. He, I think he would have done that for any goalkeeper. You, you talk about this goalkeepers union, but I think the role with Kev was. As much as I, I learned lots of stuff from Kev, I never looked at him and tried to model myself on him because he was just a natural goal. Like, I'm not saying he didn't work, but he was a natural goalkeeper and was brilliant. And I never viewed him as competition. He was going to play for his Windsor for as long as he wanted to, right? But for me, he was more of a mentor, I would say. So he just really took me under the wing. I could go and talk to him and chat with him. He'd ask me after going to Adi, you get on and just talk to me. And, um, and he also made sure that in an environment as a young lad, no one took any liberties with me. Mm. It wasn't that sort of club, but you know, mm. if anyone, if he saw anyone that giving me a bit of a, like a bit of banter, he'd go, "Oi, what are you doing? Leave him alone. He's my lad." You know, it was like that. And um, I'll, I'll always be, um, I'll always be very grateful for what Kevin did for me. And and actually, you know, great goalkeeper. But I know people say it all the time, just a wonderful human being just a, a great guy to sort of model yourself around. And for someone that's so high profile in non-league football and done what he's done, you never hear anyone say a bad word against Kevin. I think, you know, he's got, he's the sort of like, he is the real role model. Yeah, totally, totally. Was it disappointing for you when he did get injured that time and the first team brought in another loan keeper? Um, yeah, it, 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 it was. Um, it was and it wasn't. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So, so Alpha, credit to Alf, Alpha was pretty clear. And, and what I found at other clubs is like management don't always communicate where, where their, their heads at. And, and the season before, when Heidi was playing, I'd gone in, played a couple of games and actually played really well. And Derek was going to keep me inside. Heidi came back and he was going to, we were playing Slough away. And he was going to, and I'd been told in the week, you're, you're going to be playing Saturday. Um, and turned up on the Saturday thinking, oh, Heidi's going to be upset. And then Derek pulled me and said, look, you're not playing. I've spoken to Alf. Alf's been really clear. If Kevin were to get injured, Heidi would play. He wouldn't play you. And so, therefore, he needs to play. And actually, I was really disappointed. But that's a very professional way of looking at it. That's how you properly mm -hmm. run a club. You know, so, so I thought it was tough, but I took, took, took it on the chin. But I knew where I stood with Alf from that point. And, you know, I knew that Alf had some reservations. And quite frankly, I was 16, 17, well, probably a bit older than 17. I was five foot eight goalkeeper. Right? Not many of those around. <laughs> and and you can totally understand why he would have reservations. So so I, I got it. Um, but I just wanted to get the opportunity to try and sort of influence his view. And then what happened, obviously, Kev broke his leg. And then I played on the Tuesday night against Milton in the Burks and Bucks Cup. Um, yeah. And then I actually played, had a little running cup matches. So I played against, we played a couple of, uh, I think, Burks and Bucks and um, League Cup games that I, that I played. in. So I was getting an opportunity. And I think in the first three games that I played, I um, 
the, the local paper gave me man of the match. I think quite they were quite kind to me, but I had decent game. I had decent games, and I thought all I can do is try to keep influencing it. I think the disappointment was the person that they brought in. So they brought in a guy called Paul Thompson, if you remember, yes. who'd come from. He was a pro at Swindon. So they brought yeah. him in. And when I heard they were bringing in a pro from Swindon, came, when he turned up, he was like a year older than me. And and no disrespect to Paul, watching him play, I didn't feel like he was a major upgrade. Um, but he then played a few games, um, got injured, and then I played against Marlow in uh, in a league match. So, so Alf put me in and I kept a clean sheet. And to be fair to Alf, Alf said to me afterwards, right, you're playing Tuesday night. And Tuesday night was Woking away who were absolutely smashing everyone at the time um, and went there, 2,000 crowd, and it felt like 1,500 of them were singing, you're so small, it's unbelievable, um, was the chant that I remember. And also, does your mother know you're here? And I was getting all that, have you done your homework yet, yeah, comments and all that sort of stuff. But we lost 2-0, but I had a decent game. And it was after that that Alf sort of pulled me in the change room and sort of basically said, well done, you've stepped up. And um, and then I thought that would see me through, really. And then till Kevin came back, unfortunately, we went to Sutton United and um, and Stodd's Law, I tore my ankle ligaments in the last minute of the game. And then I was out for the rest of the season. So I sort of so the disappointment of like not getting it was initially there. But I felt like I'd sort of done enough over the few games that I played to sort of change Alf's mind. Um, but then two things happened. One was I got injured and then Alf got sacked. So, um, so the course, world yeah. well changed. And, and and to be fair, when I then got uh, got injured, Alf brought in Nigel Winscombe, if you remember him, the army yeah. goalkeeper, who was yeah. a top quality keeper. And I think had they got Nigel in at the time, I wouldn't have been so. Initially, I probably would have taken that one on the chin. I think it was more who they brought in that was disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what an experience, though, to you know, despite oh, it was amazing. chance, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to play in front of that kind that size crowd. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was brilliant, you know, sort of playing against those those sides like, like playing Sutton and and Woking and teams like that. And I think you know you at the time you have your own self confidence, but you you find out about yourself and what you're capable of. And I think that gave me a little bit of a boost at that time to say, yeah, I've played in those games, I've done all right, and uh, I can I can sort of pr- press on. Um, and and my hope was realistically that Kevin was always going to come back I saw my future as going back and being Kevin's number two and um and then being ready to play when I needed to but um obviously things changed a lot in the club in the in the preceding months after that and Steve like Paul talks about experiences there you obviously had some great experiences being in and around the squads and those big Mm. trophy games that the club has yeah, very much. I was. I remember being on the bench against Enfield when I think Freddie got the goal. We beat Enfield one 0 They were holders then, and they, yeah. they were top, again a top top side. Um, didn't get on. Surprise, surprise. But you know, <laughs> uh, and I, all I do remember is as I walked off to the dressing room. Obviously, where the gates used to go either side of the dressing rooms when you walked off, so you get the bar. And as I walked off, I just for some reason I was so it was just stupid because I'm a Spurs fan. So there were these Enfield lads, you know, and I just stood and went. Yeah wins being thrown in everything to get in the dressing room but that was something something else to to, to knock out the holders of the trophy and we thought we were going to have a really good run to be robbed in the home match at Hyde um, in my opinion never a pen should have a penalty no never in a million years and Barney will tell you that all day long um, and then of course up to the plastic um, 
for the replay on on the Tuesday, I think we went up on the Monday. I had to get a day off Monday and Tuesday work, and we set off on the. I think we was all in the sports shop Monday morning buying molds or Astros, you know, yeah. to play because none of them had any boots. That so we got those. We went off on the coach, went up there, stayed overnight, obviously, and then played the game and came back that night. Um, but there was an ex. Again, we we thought as a squad we were good enough to go far. And I think, if I remember correctly, the draw had already been made because we'd drawn. And I believe it was Wickham in the last... Yeah, I think it was. Last eight, I think it was some. So there was a really big piece of cheese there to go for. And and we just, we we, we got beat 2-0 and, you know, sat on the bench, didn't get on. Um, But it was... Did you take take the boots back to the shop? Yeah, exactly. Yes, with the receipt and got the money back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course I did. Um, <laughs> but but what was interesting was as, as a squad we were we were we were relaxed about it, but very focused about saying we we've got a good chance here. We've got a real chance of winning mm. this thing, or at least getting to Wembley. Yeah, and I remember the night before we <laughs> we went training. I think it was Hartlepool were training on some plastic with us. Asa Hartford, there's a memory. There's a name. Asa Hartford. Yeah, I think he was coaching Hartlepool. I know that we, we took the pit. Yeah, I remember little things like that. But we went back to the to after the training in the afternoon. We've gone back. We've had our meal. Um, and Pam's gone, oh, just relax, boys. Nothing silly. I'm, I'm off to bed. All right, fair enough. <laughs> you've got Barney. You've got Mitch. You've got not, <laughs> nothing silly. There's the bar. <laughs> so we'll have a couple of beers. Because we're not playing until the evening the next day. That'll be fine. And we're having a few bits. About half past, half past nine, quarter to ten, Woodsy's walked in. Captain, Captain Woods has walked in. And he's <laughs> he's gone, no more. We've got to go to bed. It's time. It's a curfew. You can't be drinking. Pack it up. We've got a big game tomorrow. He said, it's a, a chance of us to get to Wembley. And Mitch turned around. I think it was Mitch turned around and went, yeah, there was more chance of us getting, of you getting to the bar to get a drowned in and us getting to Wembley in there. Come on, another one. And he just ordered another round. And Woodsy's just <laughs> off with the uff. Um, but in fairness, we did. We we weren't late. We were we were in bed by about four past ten, half past ten. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a real shame because I and I I think I'd beat Wickham, or, or it was something ridiculous. Maybe they lost to Wickham, then Wickham lost to Leek. It was a really it was a shame because it was a decent draw. Um, and again, if you look at the side that was playing then with Barney and Woodsy. You know, high quality players, very, very good team. Um, and it was a shame, but great experiences again to, to go. But I don't know if you do you remember, Michael, the home game against Hyde? Hmm. Supporters were absolutely the guy walking out with a dartboard under his jumper and all that stuff. <laughs> you remember that? They were just unbelievable. And they were just as bad when we were away in the bar afterwards up there. It was, you know, we'd get out of here a bit quick, just off, oh, bunch of right unruly Mancunians giving us a load of grief afterwards <laughs> we had a, even though they'd won we had to run off but yeah great experiences and good to be with people and and, and also play against better players as well you know yeah 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 really, yeah really top quality players and um, as I say like just from literally from what both of you are saying the experiences that you both had at young ages mm. you know fantastic yeah 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 massively um Sitting on, I think I got on once for a derby against Slough. I might have sat on the bench. I would have definitely sat on the bench, but I don't know if I got on. But you know, even that, Slough wins a derby. Wow, what a game to play in! Yeovil away, you know, and Woking, as Paul said, you know, you go and play those those games. Yeah, it's something else. 
It's and you up. played that friendly against Arsenal. I did play in that friendly against Arsenal, yes. Magnificent photograph of me watching the goalkeeper pick the ball up, unfortunately not out the back of the net. <laughs> in front of the observer. <laughs> I think it was that way, wasn't that when Cape Town got injured that game? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it was, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I remember I, I remember you wouldn't you you weren't left the Arsenal for anywhere, Paul. You, you, I think I was I think I was watching it. I think I was in I the crowd. Watching. Just remember them turning up and they had a reasonable side out. I mean, you know, some some first team players were there. Perry Groves was there. And all I remember is Groves turning up. He had a like a silver suit with a pair of white loafers, no socks, and his red hair. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, look, <laughs> we took the lead because there was a free kick and he was arguing with the ref. And um, Paul Walker, funny enough, had spotted that there was no one in the goal. So he just literally took the kick quickly, took the free kick quickly, scored. And that was it, 1-0. Refs it. He's all kicked off, you know. And uh, all I remember is Walks just taking the piss out of you know, you got some socks on, keep them on. Are you going to wear them with your shoes? You're going to wear your shoes out? Because Walks was a talker like me. Yeah. Talk. I used to talk a lot, but Walks used to talk as well. Let's, what was his favourite one? Let's talk about grounds you've played at. I want to begin with W, because he'd obviously played at Ring of Schoolboys and all that kind of stuff. And just <laughs> just the abuse, the dog's abuse was brilliant. But yeah, no, was, that was a good, that was a good friendly. And I, 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 you're right. That was when, Bant, that's when Cape Town... Um, did his ACL, I think, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, of course, at that time, no one had really heard of no ACLs. No, no, not at all. No, but it was, yeah, some, it's interesting looking back on, on, on those moments in time and how important they were to the football club as well. Because yeah, yeah. players come and go, right? We know that. Managers come and go. You, you're the ones who stay. Mm. Yeah, oh, I'm a Tottenham fan. <laughs> Jeez, man alive! You know, I know your pain, but but yeah, it, to be part of to be part of that is, and and I think also I was because I was looking at various bits and pieces. I was looking at all the podcasts you've done, listening to them, and seeing the posts that you've put on the mm. on on the Facebook site and stuff. You know, it it, it doesn't stop when you finish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You yeah. go in the '90s and and, and it, it gets better, and then you've got you got Keefe Scott and then you've got Den- the Greens and so on and so forth. Um, so you're just a small part of history. That's all you're an are. important part, but an important yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. And that's the privilege. I think that's the privilege, you know, to, to, to be paid money to play a game where you really just turn up with your boots in a stadium with officials every week and a crowd, a decent crowd, even if it was a reserve team football. Mm. That's that's the privilege, yeah. That's that was that was that was that, that was. But also to be at a football club, as we've said before, that at that time were exceptionally well structured and very well run on the football side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think Michael, you get you know, you talk about the the events like you know, for me it was like the Woking game, Sutton, you know, things that always stick in my mind of, of like big games with big crowds that I was lucky enough to play. But the bigger thing for me, I think, was and this was probably my age coming in, was being around the players was just an absolute privilege for me. So like, you know, be having access to being able to train with Mitch and be around people like Woodsy, Knocker, Evo, Barney, those sort of players, you know, my mates were paying to watch them play. And for me to be able to say, 
well, I trained with them the other night, and mm. I was like, oh, I played in a, I played in a in a game with like we had like Locker came and might have played in a reserve team game. I said, oh, I played played with them. It was like privilege. I was looking at those. They were sort of. I wasn't looking at those as my peers. They. I was looking at up at those guys as sort of. Um, yeah, it was how to to flash their heroes, but they they were all on a pedestal. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know the opportunity to be in around those guys was 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 brilliant, and I think that football's changed a lot. And I don't want it to sound old-fashioned, but football's changed a lot, and the and the the attitude of those players was really professional and wholesome, yeah. and and gave me as a youngster really really good foundations. So yeah. it was a real privilege for me to be around that that setup at that time. And I think Paul, that reflected off the pitch as well. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it was there was it was game, when it was game time. It was game time, right? And when it was training, yeah. you put your head on and you did it. And if you didn't, you'd get a kick up the arse from somebody. But man, alive, we we parted. Oh my god, we parted. <laughs> so, uh, so what, it went off the pitch as well. Well, you you think, Steve? Like, so I was sixteen, then seventeen. I didn't drink. So for the whole time I was at Windsor, I didn't. I was teetotal. I made up for it in later years, but um, at the time I didn't drink. And I would be in the bar, like training nights. If it was a Tuesday or Thursday, we might have a game. But I was in the bar till eleven, and and then I remember one day uh, being in the bar till sort of eleven, eleven fifteen on a Tuesday or a Thursday night, or training night, going home. Going to sc- and I was walking to school the next day, and uh, and I was and I was walking along and I spotted Robbo in Langley with a car with a bonnet up, and he was his car had broken down, he had a flat battery or something, and he was doing something. And I went over and went, All right, Robbo, do you need a hand? And he turned around and he looked at me with this shock on his face, and he couldn't speak. And he went, What the hell are you doing? I went, I'm going to school, and he just he laughed for about five minutes, he was crying. And then he came to train. The next day he came to train. He said, "I saw a frame. He was going to school." And like, and and then and like, everyone was laughing. I was thinking, "What's so funny about this?" But when I look back at it now, the fact that I was out the night before in the bar with them, and then next morning he sees me going to school was like was interesting. But it was brilliant. And then and then Walshy came in. I you Stuart Walsh joined. He was a mate of mine. Walshy came in, and it was like the two of us were like both at, at school. Always, I was in. I've moved into sixth form, uh, but staying out going out late with all these these real characters and the stories that you used to hear and the conversations that you said were brilliant they just live with you now well mitch 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 was in the bar showered changed dressed with a pint before i even unlaced my boots <laughs> i've never seen anyone <laughs> who could move so quickly i just explored absolutely but there, there were there was a camaraderie and you're right it wasn't a as we mentioned earlier it wasn't a camaraderie of that's the stiffs. That's the first team, because no. there was so much fluidity between the two units that that it was you know you'd you'd be out with Mitchell Knocker or you know you'd go out with maybe not so much Woodsy in that when they went back because they were a little bit further away but certainly the local lads you'd either be in Sloughs or you'd suddenly find yourself in Arpoon Louis or you know or Henry's or whatever they what's yeah. the, one, the one at Datchet was that club at Datchet on the reservoir Mary's Green? oh I can't remember what it's called anyway, but all those places. You I wasn't old enough to get in, Steve. I used to end up. I used to end up being taken to pubs that I couldn't get into by older players who would get me in. I remember, like, like I remember actually we had an end of season do, and we went to what was the uh, Skindles? Yes, maiden. And they were like, "Do you reckon you'll get in?" I was like seventeen. Do you reckon you'll get in? I was like, "Yeah, hey, I can get in for 18. It was over twenty fives. 
And I, I think <laughs> they turn up and I was with Dave Lansley and Robbo and Derek and like they're all older. And Dave Lansley's like 40 at the time, I think, and sort of like walking me through. And Dave Lansley just went to the bouncer. He is 25. <laughs> and like the bouncer said, might I say you're looking very good for your age, sir, and just ushered me in. <laughs> what made the club so special there were there I, I, you complete this out but there were very few wankers there were very few wankers yeah. at the club. That, yeah. that was the difference everyone i mean you look at someone like barney who came in i mean you know ex-reading pro blah 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 no ego just getting on wanting to win you know everyone had your back one way or the other yeah you'd have four yeah. sort of people and everything else and, and and so on and so forth that's that's part and parcel but Everyone had each other's back. I remember coming on as a sub, surprise, surprise once, and their centre-back, first thing he did was upend me for the first thing, upend him. You know you know when you were going up for Edo and they come in underneath you and bang, and he's somersaulted me three times, I've hit the deck and I'm I'm winded. I've, I've only been on the pitch 10 minutes, for five minutes. And knockers come over, moan the ref, moan the ref, blah, 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 blah. He said, you right? You right? I said, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, fine, fine. So uh, I get up. Go for, go off the pitch. I'm trying to get my breath back and get someone. Can I go on? Can I go back on? Next thing I stand, there's the, the, I've looked up to go back on because the game stopped. Yeah, centre backs on the floor, nose lit, bang, done. My knockers, all right. <laughs> all right. I said, yeah, yeah, thanks. No one's, no one's seen it. It was on a corner. He's just, oh. and the fellas hit the deck and he's claret pouring. And I'm, thanks, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I think there was a, there was a, there was a camaraderie, a professional camaraderie. Uh, that that eked out into the social side of it as well. And bear in yeah. mind, a lot of us also played Sunday football then. I mean, <laughs> even the contract you couldn't. And a lot of us played Sunday football. Yeah. Well, I remember I, when I joined. When I joined, the, I think this was one of the best things that happened to me. That first season when I sat on the bench, Robbo and Sweets within the first few weeks said, "Would you come and play for our Sunday team?" And I think. Yeah. What what are that? What are they talking? I had no concepts, no concepts at all of local football. So I'm like, why do I want to be playing Sunday football? Like I'm thinking, it's like you know, going to be a bit of a sort of pub team sort of thing. And I think, well, they're my managers. I'm like, I don't really want to piss them off and go, no, I'm not coming down. Anyway, I went down. And it was Hayburn. That team was, in fact, was better than uh, probably the reserve side on the Saturday or the the standard of football. Yeah, 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 was better. And we had people like Steve Cordry playing for us. He was playing for Yedin at the time. You know, all these 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 good players. I remember the first game that I played, Paul Walker and Raymond Harding, who had both been captained England schoolboys, were both on the bench for us. Yeah. And and they and I remember they picked the team and Mick Jolly was a manager said you two can have a chat about who's got most caps while you're sitting on the bench and I and <laughs> and that was the standard but then you know that was brilliant for me because I played that sort of football from 16 17 and you got to learn about senior football and yeah. that really helped me with going in and playing with reserves so by the time I went and played for the first thing obviously a big step up but I'd had two I'd had a couple of seasons of playing against Jimmy Archridge at Carpenter's Arms and Joe Maloney at Slough Irish and these like you know these top players. And as you say that um, 
but just some of the clubs you've named now. I remember the I remember the Carpenters' Arms. I mean, Lair, I think Rowan played for them. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I played for them. I played for I, I played for Hayburn, and then after two years, Hayburn actually ceased because most of the players were actually in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, Bainesy was a bit younger. I was by far the youngest player. And then when they stopped, I went and played for Carpenters and played with that team. That team was like amazing. Yeah, you know, it was really amazing. But you know. The, Sunday football then was a, at that Premier League. Sunday football was a very high standard, yeah. and people yeah. took it very seriously. Within ten years, it had totally changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you think think about the county. You used to have the Slough lot, and there were certain teams you go and play for in the industrial league in Slough. You get the county cup, and you went and play Cox Green or something. You'd have you'd have Catlin, Dave Lay, yeah. <laughs> All the Marlowe you know, boys, all yeah. the Marlowe and Maidenhead lot, and yeah. it was it was just you know it was it was an insane. Um, so so, I, and I think that obviously then also ties in with the social side because you're continuing. You know, you you as you said, Fran, you you go out on a Saturday night, have a few drinks, and be slightly the worse for wear on a Sunday morning, but you'd be still with the people you were out with and played with the day before. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. I, I think again, what you said about not wanting to sound old or old fat, but it, it was a different level, mm. in my opinion. And it comes back to the point I was making earlier, Mike, you know, what a big club wins and Eaton were at the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't yeah. underestimate what, and, and, you know, as I said, Slough, Woke and all that, they all get all the plaudits Kingstonian. But at that time, that, the, you know, top, top non-league club with some amazing players. Yeah. And run properly. Now, so one of your um, the big success moments for you guys was that suburban League Cup final. Yeah, that we won. Like, what did that? What did that mean? Against Wembley at Yedding, two one. Gilly got the winner. Robbo got a penalty. I got pulled down by the keeper. Robbo got a penalty, and then Gilly got the winner because he'd just come back from Chesham. Yeah, literally just come back from Chesham. He'd, he'd gone to Chesham, <laughs> been sold the dream by someone called John Clements. <laughs> There's a thing. There's a theme, mate. Gone to Chesham, hated it, came back. Uh, and I think he came back on the midweek. Oh, no, he came back. Funny enough, no, he came back the week before the semi. He came back for the semi-final. Oh, yeah. Tell us tell us, tell us, us the Flower of Scotland. Oh, I'll tell you the Flower of Scotland in a minute. Wait, frame it. Let me just, this is really interesting. This, this just shows how the football club was run. So let me lead into the Flower of Scotland. We played Basingstoke Town in the semi-final at Stag Meadow. Basingstoke oh, yeah. flying. They were top of the league. Right, um, so it was a, we were underdogs, right? We should never have won that trophy because we, we, you know, they were much more of a team within the team, you know. Uh, anyway, the week before we played them in the league away on a Saturday, boiling hot, remember? Framing? He was red hot. <laughs> and Dell's got a sweets and Robert's got the dressing room for him. They've gone, but they kind of hinted at it on the Thursday and they said, Right, we're going for it. We're playing them next week. We don't know our patterns of play. We're mixing it up, all right? Where did you play, Framey? Centre forward. Right. I played right back. Um, I, I've never seen you so red in all my life. Oh, my God. I played up front. I played up front with Dave Lansley. You did? Yes. Dave, Dave Lansley, who, you know, <laughs> God, God bless him, was like, you know, an absolute battering ram. And Dave Lansley said to me, anything in the air is mine. And I was quite quick. And he said, I'll flick it on. You chase it. So I was like, OK. Anyway, balls get knocked forward, like in the air. Dave Lansley's like, the other side of the pitch. So I thought, oh, I've got to go up for this. 
go up to try and win this header, I get absolutely poleaxed. And I like, get up, and it's Dave. Dave's like hurtled across the pitch for this header. And he gave me, like you would think, he might think he's a goalkeeper playing up front. He gave me the biggest dressing down I think I've ever had on a football pitch for daring to go for a ball that was in the air. And uh, But I remember coming off and like sitting in the change room. I think I was, it took me about a week to recover. <laughs> it was, But it was, again, it was preparation. It was brilliant. Genius from Del and Robbo. You know, why on earth? You know, you, you, why would you want to give away how you play? I think I yeah. played right back. I'm sure I played right back. And then, of course, the next the next week, we've got them in the semi um, at, at Dave Meadow. Um, and we, we were prepared. We, we'd trained well. We had a plan. They had played their full team. He knew how they, Del and, and Steve had worked out how they were going to play. We had, we had a game plan to beat them. Um, and we were really quietly confident which is quite unique because we were quite a buzzy bunch but we were quietly confident and normally you're sort of all cheering out you wait for the buzzer to go Come on, lots of clapping the buzzer goes big cheer you go out for some moment there was a silence a stillness in that dressing room about five minutes before the buzzer was due it's like we were too early it was bizarre but we were totally prepared ready to go and I'm sat next to Gilly was sat next to me so just come back and all of a sudden he starts singing Flower of Scotland Loud enough for everyone to hear, but not loud, just to break the silence. And well, we see, and he's, this is Gilly singing away. So he finishes the song and I just go, turn to him, went, again, louder. So he sang it again, louder. He finished that, went louder. And he did it again. And by the time the buzz was about to go, he was on his own. No one else is singing. He is screaming, Flower of Scotland. You cannot hear a peep out the dressing room next door. Right, because you know they were next door to each other, so you knew they were in there. And he must have put—I mean, William Wallace—he must have put the fear of God up before we went out, because the buzz has gone. Big cheer! Out we go. We're running on the pitch. I said, "Well done, mate. That's good. That's got us going." I said, "I didn't know you were Scottish." And he went, "Scottish? I'm English." And he just gave me one of these pretty little winks and ran off. <laughs> Why did you suddenly? Stop? Oh, I don't want to know. I'm not even going to ask. Well, he did it, but it was—it was spine tingling. And it did, and we won three 0 comfortably, and, uh, and and then went on fire. But that was that was again looking back at the final and the semi final. Bart's was playing, Wiggy was playing, you know, all these the lads. Yeah, all these lads who were 16, 17, 18 and wanted to play first team football, being schooled in how to win a semi final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it, that, that was the responsibility I think as senior players, and that's. You know that, that, that I think that ran through the football club personally. Yeah, love that, love that. So post Windsor, like where did um, where did football take you guys post Windsor? So, <laughs> I think I, I think I was like a bad smell to Steve. We ended up playing a lot of football together. So yeah. um, so so the funny well the thing for me was like we talked about earlier. Mitch was coming back. Um, Alpha being sacked and Brian Caterer came in. Brian Caterer wanted, to, I, I wanted to stay at Windsor, I didn't want to leave, but Brian wanted to put me out on loan, um, which was was fine. But I think he had an idea that Nigel Winston would stay around and Kim and Kevin would compete, which was never going to happen. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, Kevin was going to come in and Nigel wasn't going to play reserve team football. Um, so he talked about putting me out on loan, but he was looking at, oh, he was looking at local football and I wasn't really interested in that. And, and Clemo gets the job at Maidenhead. So Clemo gets the job at Maidenhead and he, does, and like Clemo goes to, 
There was so it was me, Bart, so Christian Bartlett, Neil Catlin, who was playing first team at Marlow at the time. Yeah. Tyrone Houston, Steve Hickey, who played conference football at Slough. They were all we were all mates. We all knew Scouse. each other, played youth football. And then the oh, yeah, Scouse. Oh yeah, Paul Mulvaney and, and Bainsley. So we all got we all got signed by by him, and it was this. I'm building this young team, and they were Division One. So the year they were the Ryman One, they were the league below yeah. Windsor at the time. So so we're building this young team. First game of the season comes. We're all playing for the, well, Steve. You were with the first team, but I everyone was else was in the reserves. And it was like we all looked sat there and like, how the bloody hell has this happened? Uh, and anyway, uh, John being John, had sort of like had loads of players coming in. Um, and then I stayed there. But I think you don't realise how lucky we were with Windsor until you leave. You know, you and you go to another club and you see the dysfunction in other sides. And it's so you know, it's just like I can think of very few times over the time I was playing football where you get and atmosphere and a side and a togetherness like Windsor and it's not and it runs through the club and to the point with the supporters Michael you'll know this better than than us it all you all felt like you were part of us it wasn't uh supporters and th- and you know Steve you remember when we were at Slough which we'll go on to yeah pl- I think supporters sometimes forget that especially in non-league football that what supporters say really matters to the players mm. and and they might say that they blank it and they don't care they listen to it and they talk about it in the changing room. I've been in the changing room at Slough and Slough in the conference, players talking about what certain individuals have said and they know it because it's so small and personal, right? Yeah. And we always felt massively at Windsor, it was always support from supporters. You're all part of the social scene and it's not always like that. So it's only when you go out to other clubs and you see this sort of dysfunction that it it sort of um it really becomes the reality so so but 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 going back to your point so maiden ed um i left there and and steve you left same time as me so just we before just robo. before christmas yeah robo got the manager's job at camberley who were who were like bottom of ryman three hadn't won a game all season and then he took a bunch of players in it was me steve brian connor um, there was a few Robbie Ride out, a few players had come from Windsor. Um, and we went in there, and that was tough because we thought we'd gonna go in and sort of change it up, but it's not that easy going into a side like that. But we we did we avoided relegation in the end. We sort of had a little bit of a run and avoided relegation. Um, and then the following season, I think I went back to Maidenhead for a short period of time. Um, but I ended up actually playing for Eaton Wick. It was my last year at university. And Playley, who was massively influential to me, he was like, you know, if I think about people like Kevin Hill and Playley, who were really influential to me during the time in the reserves, Playley said to me, uh, Don Muller's got injured at Eaton Wick. He's out for the season. Like, if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're not doing anything, if you'd like, because I was trying to work out where I was going to go. And um, he said, come and play for Eaton Wick. Well, that was a brilliant side. We had a massive run in the mm-hmm. FA Vars. We won the County Cup. So... Did that for a season, and then and then my last sort of like coming towards the end of the season at, at Eaton Wick, I get a phone call from Bainsey. Bainsey rings me up and says, "I'm at Slough. I'm playing for the reserves. Slough were top of Ryman Premier at the time." He said, um, "Would you come and play a game? Our keepers uh, not available." So I went and played a game over at Northwood with with Bainsey for Slough. Um, 
they asked if I would sign and um, within a couple of weeks, Laurie Craker and Dave Russell were running it, signed me for the first team. And then I had two seasons there, which were brilliant because we got promoted into the conference yeah. where they just brought in three subs and a lot of teams would put a goalkeeper on the bench. So there was three three of us and we'd rotate we'd rotate the side, we'd rotate it. So one week I played for the reserves and then I'd go and sit on the bench. Could be at, oh, I sat on the bench, or could be like Gateshead or wherever. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. were sort of travelling around. So, and I, and I probably... Macclesfield Way on a Wednesday night, that's when I got pulled to sit on the bench. Yeah, I got I got Gateshead on a Thursday. Like being a like typical player, you're not, I'm taking a lot of notice, like who we're playing at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that typical thing where you just turn up and go to training. And Laurie Craker pulls me and says, Right, Framey, he said, um, You're with us at the, you're with us Saturday. So I went, Okay, fine. He said, um, See you tomorrow for the coach at 11 15. I said, Do you mean Saturday? Because this is the Thursday night. And he went, No, tomorrow. And I went, Tomorrow? Laurie, he went, yeah, we're gated away. We're travelling up. We're staying in a hotel. I had to ring my boss that night and say, I need a day off work. And went up, stayed in the hotel overnight. It was freezing. It was November. It's freezing. I've got my tracksuit. I've not taken a coat with me, you know, very organised. And uh, and then getting the changing room. And they went, yeah, we're going to put three outfield players on the bench, not a keeper this week. Yes. So I, I sat in the stand. Yep. Yep. Came back with flu, I think. So, um, but that was again. I played one game for Slough against Dagenham and Redbridge, um, kept a clean sheet, and then was dropped the next game. But it was a brilliant experience. You know, I was never a conference level level goalkeeper, and to to get that opportunity was fantastic. And again, yeah, Paul, yeah. I think that that structure at the time, and again, mm. there was internal issues with Slough, as we know, but. It was very similar to the Windsor structure. You think, well, Gary did, but yes. side, yeah, bringing yeah. the youth through. It was absolutely. You know, again, Lloyd of came from the youth team to the reserve team to the first team yeah. to go to Brentford to go to Sheffield Wednesday. There was a clear pathway for people to go through, and I think we won something ridiculous, like the first twenty we, games in suburban. Yeah, well, we, we won that. We, that and that's we we won the suburban, and I think the following year they went to the suburban Premier. Yeah. And we and that was a really good level of football. We were playing like Woking, Aldershot, Sutton. It was all their reserve sides, but it was a, it was a good level of football. And we we were very successful at Slough in that team at the time. That was a really good, yeah. really good experience. Um, and then for me, for me after that, I've I was sort of got to twenty four, twenty five, and I started working in central London, and it became very difficult for me. So um, I actually went um, I went to play for Raysbury. Um, and and the reason I went, everything had Windsor ingrained in it. So that every move mm. I made that was from someone who'd been at Windsor, and Chalky and um, Leroy Messett had gone to gone to Raysbury to like, and it were a good local football team. So I went and played there, um, and then ended up by, you know, not not by design, but ended up um managing the side after a couple of years i ended up being player assistant manager then player manager and i managed the team got my coaching badges and then i had a couple of seasons at bracknell i ran the reserve team at bracknell and i was first team coach at bracknell for a season so as i after i stopped but then sort of drifted away from it mm. So yeah, so ended up. Sorry, Steve, I've sort of gone through, but you, 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 I followed you around a lot. We did. I don't know what you did to deserve that. No, no, no. It was well. Look, I, I do remember the Camberley trip. The reason that Robbo got me to go to Camberley was because we were playing, we were playing Aldershot in about four or five weeks. 
Yeah. Uh, and they were, you know, 3,000, just come back, Div 3, 3,000 people, tremendous, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I uh, did my knee on the plastic at Felton. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And, and that- I have an off and I missed that game. I was there, actually, I was there, but on crutches. I think you got beat 6-1, didn't you? We got beat 6-1. I remember that Aldershot game was funny because like, you remember, Michael, Aldershot went bust and reformed yeah, yeah, yeah. Aldershot 92. So, But they were still run as a professional club and they're in Ryman 3. So yeah. we're playing most weeks, like there's one man and his dog in Ryman 3 and and we turn up at Aldershot and they've got a concierge. I remember they had a concierge on the car park yeah. and wouldn't let me in because I didn't have a ticket to, like, to, for the car park. And I was like, this is a bit different. And anyway, they had... They literally had, I think there was 3,000 there, of which must have been about 15 Camberley supporters. Mm. Um, and, you know, they beat us 6-1. Mark Butler scored a hat-trick. Um, and afterwards, they gave the, the, the match ball came into the changing room for us all to sign because he was given the match ball because like, and that, because he scored a hat-trick. Where if at Camberley, if we'd have given the match ball away, we'd have gone into receivership. You know, it was like that was it. It was uh, it was funny, but yeah, that was a that was a good experience as well. Davy Osgood was playing from Dave Osgood, and I think yeah. Kev Parkins played for him. I as think well. Kev Parkins played from as well. Yeah. yeah, during that time, yeah, it was it was it was. I, I was saying to Mike before I, we talked about this, and I was talking to Bart yesterday as well, and I'm going. I've lost two seasons. I can't work out where I was for two seasons. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm trying to work out post with. I know I had my third season at Windsor. Was when I, I think Alfred, it was, I think it was when Gilly really shot to, to, to fame and him and Evo were just, you know, blowing people away with goals. And Gilly, bless him, he'd always say to me, I'm talking to Alf, I'll get you in, I'll get you in. He said, we'd be good, we'd do all right. Because we, we hit it off for some reason when, when we were in the reserves. It was, uh, we just, it just clicked like he did with Evo. Yeah. Um, and, um, and he, he said, I'll get you in, I'll get you in, get you in. And after about three months, he went, yeah, you're just not Alf's kind of player, mate. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm looking at Gilly and I'm looking at everyone six foot eight and, you know, even Dave Lance. And I'm thinking, no, you're probably right, mate. So <laughs> I thought it might be time to move on. And um, there was me and Heidi and Tony Balls, who used to run Uxbridge, Man- Uxbridge Manager. We got picked up by um, Hillingdon Borough. And we went to Hillingdon Borough and we played the rest uh, of the season okay. in Borough in the Spartan League. Which again, you know, to be wanted, to be told you were good enough. I went in there, first game, nil-nil at half-time, came off the bench because they didn't want to start me, new player. We won 5-0, got that trick. So suddenly you are, you're back in your zone again because someone's, it's that carrot mentality I talked yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, then that year, the rest of the year there, then I went to Northwood, who were also then in the Spartan, but I got pulled in there by Gary Bree who we ended up with at Slough, but he knew Laurie and Laurie had tried to sign me for Chalfont years and years ago. And he said, come and we won the Spartan League double that year, which was really good. And then I think it was the year after that, we were back at Maiden Edward Clemo. Um, and then I did another half a year at Maiden Ed, And then Gary Bree asked if I'd go and play for Marlow Stiffs towards the end of the season. So I went and played for Marlow Reserves. Uh, got a few goals, got in the first team, scored in my debut against Kingstonian. A 3-3 draw with a headline in the Bucks Free Press that says, Phew, what a scorcher. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there and then Dave and Laurie got the slough job. And um, Gary said, look, will you come over? Well, I spoke to Dave and Laurie and then Gary said, oh, you're not assistant manager, he said, and you are in the first team squad, but you're playing with the reserves, we're developing. 
And so my job for two years there really was to go and play reserve team football, get dragged up to Macclesfield or Morecambe, yeah. sit on the bench. And I remember going to Morecambe away. We were 2 0 up with about 10 minutes to go. And Ross, I've got his surname now, got a couple of guys, got a couple of guys, he was knackered, right? And they, 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 Ross is going, got to come off, got to come off, right? So he's, Loris told the subs to warm up. So we've gone warming up. It's me and Steve Bateman, right? And we're running up and down. And all, all I can hear is Laurie go, Batey, Batey, come on, come on, come on, come on. Out conference debut. This is it. Conference debut at 29. I'm going on because he's going to take Ross off, right? So I've got the fucking run, run down there with the top off. And, and Laurie's gone, what you doing? I said, just call me, mate. Me and Ross said, no, Batey, sit down, you pillock. And he's literally... <laughs> Cut my legs, all right. Gone from I'm going to make my conference debut to sit down, you pillock, right? <laughs> In about two minutes flat. So I, I would I would go off and do stuff like that with Slough, and and I actually did play for the first team a couple of times, and I made my debut having played for the reserves in 1981 when I scored on my debut for the Stiffs at 17. I made my debut for Slough at the age of 30 against Curtsy in the AC Delco. Got beat three two and I scored on my debut. There you go. How about that? There so, you go. Yeah. No, it's every no, every every club I played for, I scored on my debut, apart from Windsor, for whom I never scored for the first team. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. It's ridiculous. But Kevin Hill signed me when for the for the end of the first season at Slough to Burnham when he was trying to do a he's trying to avoid relegation with them. I yeah. went, went went to them. Went away to uh somewhere like Salisbury or somewhere out that way anyway, um, on a Wednesday night, scored him a day before him. Yeah. It, 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 everywhere I went, Bar Windsor. And actually, okay. in, in fairness, to show the quality of the football club, what I should have done, personally, Paul, is I should have, I should have dropped down, gone and got me confidence, but you're all self-sorted and then work my way up the leagues. Could have gone to Chowfort with Laurie. I had Jim Kelman when he was at Maidenhead sniffing around me and I agreed to join him. And then, then Clemo pulled me over again. I stayed at Windsor. There's a lovely story at Mickey Barnes's wedding. My, I was best man at Mickey Barnes's first wedding. And there's a lovely story. Clemo's there, Kelman's there. And uh, I've, I've done the best man speech. I'm, I can relax now. And next thing I know, I've got Kelman. Yeah, come here. Right. If you come next year, what I'm looking to do, I want to play you in behind. I want your pace. I'm going, Jim, do us a favour, will you? I said, my manager's over there. I said, I'm best man at me mate's wedding. Can we do this for another time? He's trying to tell. But I should have gone to Maidenhead with it. I should have gone to Maidenhead with it. Those little moments. But I wanted to stay at Windsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the things that you sort of like that. For the, it's a dilemma for some of the reserve players, especially when you're at a side like Windsor were at that time, Ryman Premier, and then late later Steve and I were at Slough. Is are you, are you going to play reserve team level at those teams, or do you drop down to a Div Two side and play regularly? And it's like you know you've got to weigh that up, and and sometimes dropping down the sides aren't running the same way. And it, you know, what what suits you, what suits you better? So there's a bit of a bit of a, a thing there. And I had it when I was funny at Slough. I was never going to play at Slough in the conference, so that you know. But I was playing a, a sort of supporting role. Um, but then I got a phone call from Alan. I got a phone call from Playley actually one day saying Alan wants to have a chat with you, Alan Davis. And this was when Windsor were in in Ryman too. And um, Alan called me and wanted to sign me and bring me back to Windsor, which would have been perfect for me I thought this is this is brilliant go back to Windsor um and he said we we all we arranged everything 
and then uh, training on the Thursday night, I get pulled in by Laurie Craker. Windsor put a seven-day approach in for you. Are you going to go or aren't you? And I went, yeah, Laurie, I'm going to go. And he went, right, okay. He wasn't very happy. He, I thought he would just say good luck to you, but he wasn't very happy. <laughs> and then uh, and then I never heard anything again from Alan. Never heard a thing again. And it just felt, for whatever reason, fell through. So that would have been like squaring the circle for me, but unfortunately it didn't happen in the end. Okay, a couple of quick fire questions to wrap up. Who is the best player you played with at Windsor? Well, that's a good shout. There's some, I mean, Regis was a beast as a forward. Um, for me, I think probably the best, the most, what I would call natural player was was Biggins, Mark Biggins. Yeah. Just just floated across the turf. It was a bit of an arse, but a nice arse, but <laughs> as in, you know, but he, he floated across the turf big i did it, but but they were all such top i mean even you look at someone like frilly yeah who had i mean he, he made chris waddle look like a catwalk model with his <laughs> and his running a bit of the way he ran frilly but man alive get you a goal get you a cross beat his defender every single time you knew you just knew so there was some real high quality woodsy but i think i think in terms of watching natural ability just float across the middle was 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 probably big O for me, I think. Yeah, I think for, for for me, I you know, although I gravitate generally towards defenders, I think I I go for Evo because mm. Evo for me mm. was like if you pick out a player that you would back in every scenario, whether it was coming back to win a header at a corner, like putting the ball in the net, like winning a 50-50, I think Evo was the one every time yeah. that I used to look at and think to myself. Mm. Do you know what? I'd hate to be playing against him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favourite um, for you, Steve. Final question. Favourite goal? <laughs> Clearly not at Windsor. No. Well, no. I, I could. I, I actually, I was been thinking about this. I can give you my favourite goal. It wasn't a goal, right? It's one. It's a, just a quite amusing moment from my point of view. We were playing Hayes at home midweek. I've got to start. Paul Hyde was in goal. I had his brother, you know. Yeah. Tremendous goal. I mean, amazing goal. It went pro. Um, and I think it was nil-nil, second half. We're attacking the clubhouse end. He's made an amazing save. Ball's come out, edge of the box, open goal, right? And I thought, okay, this is it. This is your goal. This is it. You're going to score. He's on the floor, right? So I thought, well, I'll give it a little bit of elevation. So he won't, he won't get anywhere near. It's fine. So I've, and I, haven't, I haven't followed it. I haven't leathered it. I've just placed it nicely in the middle of the goal. And that's it in the net. Now, how he did it, I don't know, but he got up and fingertipped it over the bar, right? I mean, the, the minest of touches over the bar. I am getting, you talk about Windsor fans being nice to you, mate. I am getting dogs now, right? Absolute dogs from the bar. Yeah. Greatest heckle I ever had that night when I went to pick a ball up for a throw in. I don't know who it was. They just said, Baines, I wouldn't even let you take my dog for a walk. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> that's not bad. That's, that's quite inventive. <laughs> But so it's gone over, and I'm like, how did he save that? And the referee's given a goal kick, right? So I'm now launching at the referee, yeah? The next thing I know, Heidi's come past me and pulled me out of the way, and he's launching at the referee that it's a corner because he wants the save. So the <laughs> goalkeeper ran the forwards, giving the referee dogs abuse because he ain't given a corner. So that was one of my favourite, favourite moments. Best goal I've 
ever scored. Bloody hell. Was, I suppose uh, there was one I played, uh, I don't know if you played for him, we played with Sale Reserves and and I, there was a lad from Watford who came down in, and, and played at fullback, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Uh, Nicola. Uh, uh, Nicola. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good player. Yeah. And, and it was good his player. Yeah. And we were playing with the Reses and he's, he's, he's launched one down. I made a run in, in between the fullback and the centre back and he, he launched a really lovely ball in over the top. Uh, and it bounced once and I hit it with my left foot. And we're talking about 35 yards and it just, it oh. literally hit the soft corner. It, I, 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 you know, it's one of them. That, 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 I mean, there's, you know, there's been, there's been a few, but that was, that's one that sticks in the mind when you, when you pull something like that. Because it don't happen often. Often they go high and very wide. But, <laughs> what I about your favourite save, Paul? Um, do you know what? It's funny because I don't remember a lot of saves. If I'm honest, with you. I, I think it was funny. I was listening to Kevin. Kevin talked about like save that he made, the, the importance of it. And I guess it's saves that were fairly important at the time, mm. but the ones that stick in the mind. Um, so the one for me that sticks from a Windsor perspective would be uh, my debut against Milton United. Um, so they, you know, we were expected to win that game. It was they were a lower lower league side. So, um, but we kicked off. We kept possession for the first sort of like minute, passed the ball about, and Brian Connor obviously thought, "I'll give Framey a touch." He's he's inside, just inside our half, and he's turned round to knock it all the way back to me. Obviously, give me a bit of a settler, give me a feel for the ball, and completely scuffed his back pass and put their <laughs> forward straight in one on one. He's run through and I came out, narrowed the angle and he tried to go around me and I, I t- took the ball off his feet and saved the ball off his feet. And that, that stuck in my mind because that was an important yeah, yeah, early yeah. save to settle me down uh, in my first game. And it wouldn't have been ideal to have conceded in the first two minutes. Brian will kill me for that, yeah. by the way. But um, that would probably... And then I think other than that, the one, only one that sticks in my mind was years later playing for when I was playing manager at Raysbury. We played in the Burks and Bucks semi-final 10 minutes to go with two on up. We get give away a penalty. I save the penalty, goes back into play, and the bloke on my side had given the penalty away, trying to redeem himself, hacked down the bloke going for the rebound and gave another penalty away within like two <laughs> seconds. And I saved the second penalty as well. We got Love to the final. That. So that's what's stuck in them. That always sticks in the mind. Love it. Listen, gentlemen, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Um, some great memories there. Um, yes. so thank you. Good time. No, no, th- no, thanks, Michael. Mate. And Mike, thanks for all you do as well. Yeah, this. absolutely. This is amazing. Yeah, Pat and a black bait. It's really appreciated both by players and fans alike. So well done. Indeed. Thanks. Nah, anytime. And listen, thank you to everyone who has downloaded. Um, and look forward to bringing you another guest in a in a few weeks' time.